Welcome to Senior Straight Talk with Phyllis Heyman, a collaborative podcast with Pass It On Network. This program is brought to you by all of Community Services. Seniors deserve to have a fulfilling life with dignity and respect, but as we transition into our elderhood years, this doesn't always happen. Join us today as we discuss some of the most important issues that seniors face and provide much-needed answers to your questions. Now, here is Phyllis Amon. Welcome to Senior Straight Talk, presenting informative conversations for the senior years of our lives. I'm Phyllis Amon, your host, and the show, which began in September of 2019, was formerly known as Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. The library of all of the episodes can be found on the Voice America Empowerment Channel under the name Senior Straight Talk, and they can also be downloaded on popular podcast platforms. The show is now also syndicated on the Voice America Influencers Channel, so please remember to like, click, and share the episodes. For those listeners who are in what I call SOS mode, stressed, overwhelmed, and stretched, Watch out for my upcoming free caregiver distress recovery challenge, helping caregivers find a path to bringing much needed self-care into their daily routine. It features empathy, my registered trademark, which is also the basis of a self-care commitment letter and teaches strategies from my proprietary framework for self-care, self-kindness, self-compassion, and self-forgiveness. And it will help you feel recharged and re-energized as you face life's challenges. Family members considering taking on the role of caregiver or those just beginning the caregiver journey can find valuable information in my course, A Caregiving Guide for Caregivers, The Basics. My latest book, Dignity and Respect, Are Our Aging Parents Getting What They Deserve, is available on Amazon in both paperback and ebook formats. The book addresses critical information about how we care for and treat our elder citizens in our families, our communities, in nursing homes, and assisted living residences. And I'm so honored that Dr. Bill Thomas wrote the foreword for the book. So I hope you'll purchase a copy and encourage your friends and colleagues to do the same. I am hoping to have an audio version of the book in the near future. Seniors Straight Talk is very proud of the collaborative partnership with the Pass It On Network, a global peer learning network for positive aging advocates and a member of the United Nations Open-Ended Working Group on Aging. Seniors Straight Talk and the Pass It On Network continue bringing listeners informative conversations for the senior years of our lives. And I'm also thrilled that Olive Community Services, a nonprofit organization in Fullerton, California, is a Seniors Straight Talk sponsor. Olive Community Services is dedicated to providing culturally appropriate services to the diverse senior population. And before we begin, I always have to thank Peter DeGear of DeGear Therapy Services, a friend, colleague, and consultant specializing in rehabilitation therapy services in nursing homes. But now for today's guest, I'm proud to introduce Peter Greenlaw, who has been called the researcher of researchers, and we'll get to what that means when we begin our conversation with Peter. Peter is a pioneer in making the world aware of toxins through his discovery of the TDOS, TDOS syndrome, toxicity, deficiency of nutrition, being overweight and stress and the role TDOS plays, which results in us having less energy, causes us to sleep less, 
and is a major reason we're gaining weight. He is sharing his discoveries through his co-authored books, Why Diets Are Failing Us, The TDOS Syndrome, The TDOS Solutions, and Your Third Brain. He's conducted more than 1,500 lectures around the world and was a featured speaker at the Autism One Conference in May 2014 and 2015. He is also a frequent speaker at the CEO Club of New York City. Peter is currently finishing up a new television series called The Green Law Report, which will feature some of the world's leading health scientists, medical doctors, and researchers, including Dr. Marco Ruggiero, Dr. John Gray, author of the well-known and one of my favorite books, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and Dr. Bill Andrews, who specializes in population genetics and molecular bio biology. Peter has been sharing his vision through multimedia sources and has been a featured guest on major media from coast to coast, including Fox 5 in Washington, D.C., The Morning Show, On the Carpet, a Los Angeles-based show with Greg Reitman, and UT San Diego TV, hosted by Taylor Baldwin. In January 2015, he was featured on NBC Windy City's live New Year's resolution show and has appeared on other prominent news programs, including Bay City Sunday in San Francisco, Fox Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., Portland, and Kansas City. So with that, Peter, I'm so thrilled to have you here and we could have this discussion about all of this. And first and foremost, in full disclosure, by the way, I met you through a networking event uh, online. Yes. And um, I was so impressed in the first five minutes and what you were talking about. I contacted you and said, listen, I'm in with this thing, uh, with this program, which we'll talk about. I've been doing great. I'm thrilled with how I feel and how I look. So I'm so glad you could be here today. So let's start out with with talking about what is a researcher of researchers? Because most people think either you're a researcher or you're not. So what does that mean? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's, it's really important that people understand, and I want to qualify right away. I'm not the expert, but I became an expert on the expert, and that really is where the researcher of the researchers came in. In other words, what, what happens is, there's incredible volumes of scientific data and evidence, but the problem is most of it's buried in the archives of libraries and it never, it never sees the light of day, except for a very small group maybe of scientists or researchers or doctors who read that. Well, what I did and the thing I think I'm the most proud of is that I was able to go in and work literally with some of these top medical doctors, oncologists, geneticists, some of whom you mentioned there briefly. And I took their messages and kind of converted it into English, as I like to say, <laughs> because the stuff is so complicated. But again, it's sort of like, you know, you heard that expression that a tree falling in the forest, no one hears it unless someone's there. Right. So the point is, unless this research can be brought to the world, then it just sits there and collects dust. So what I did is I researched the research. And then I brought it, I brought it to the world. And that's, you know, what I've been doing for the last, um, you know, two decades. So and I, I, I just want to interject because I know your personal story, because I've heard you tell it many times. And, and we've shared that that story. 
And I, I think it's important for listeners to hear what brought you to this. It wasn't just you decided to do this. Right. There's a personal element to what brought you to this. And I, I would love listeners to hear that story. All right. So um, 18 years ago, I walked in my doctor's office and basically said, if you don't do something radically different when you walk out of here today, you probably have got about 18 months to live. My cholesterol was 400. My heart attack risk was 85 out of 100. And I was 40 pounds overweight. So he prescribed diet, exercise, and a statin for high cholesterol. After two months, I lost eight pounds, pretty typical on a diet, a pound a week. But the scary part was after eight weeks, even on medication, my cholesterol only came down 15 or 20 points. And I was scared to death because now what do I do? I was doing everything right. I was on like 13, 1400 calories a day. I was working out seven days a week. I was taking my medication. I mean, I was being you know perfect. It wasn't working. And a friend of mine who played professional uh, football for the Oakland Raiders turned me on to the concept of detox. And I went on it, my God, and it was unbelievable. I mean, I literally, uh, in 48 hours, I lost eight pounds. I lost like 20 pounds in 18 days, 30 pounds in a month, 40 pounds in about seven weeks. And went back for scheduled blood work at the end of uh, the seven weeks. Pretty typical follow-up, you know, every eight weeks for uh, your blood work. And my doctor this time, because in the source of my chart, tells Peter, how much Lipitor are you taking? I said, doc, I haven't touched that stuff in two months. And he says, we need to retest you. I said, why? Well, my cholesterol had gone from 400 to 120. And my heart attack was from 85 to 15. I lost 40 pounds. And he said, we, we need to retest you. And I said, you're not retesting me. And then the next day, literally by chance or accident, I met another friend of mine, a lady, she was, she's, is a gastroenterologist and she saw me and she said, oh my God, Peter, are you sick? You know, the big C word she thought. <laughs> and I said, no. And she said, my God, well, I've been using this same detox for every of my patients. And the man that invented has come to Denver in two weeks, come to dinner with, there were 20 physicians. I was the only lay person there. And I met the scientist, the nutraceutical chemist who invented this. And after I told him my story, he says, I'm going to talk to you after dinner. And he says, uh, listen, I know I've invented something to change the world. And he points at me and says, I need someone like you to tell the world about it. And I go, well, I've got one little problem here. And he says, what's that? I said, I was a finance major in college. Heck, I don't even know what a calorie is. He said, we'll teach you. <laughs> and honestly, that's how it started. Completely by accident, innocent. And then I became so curious. I, I call it a neurotic curiosity that I wanted to know why, why was this doing what no, and I'm not against allopathic medicines. Let's get that out of the way in the first place. But in my case, for me, this was life-changing. I mean, I honestly believe that I'm probably alive today because of this. And it just drove my passion that I said, wait a minute. I, I, I mean, everybody that I was talking to, you know, what happened to you? And then I wanted to tell my story. And that literally is how it evolved to you know, I've read, I think, over 500 books now and 10,000 hours of research. But most importantly, to work with some of the people that you mentioned, they taught me. Right. And it's not my research. It's their research. Yeah, right. I just brought a voice to it. I just, right. you know, I felt like this was a gift that was given to me and I didn't want to mess it up. And so I, then I began to share it as, you know, I did the night when we were on that, that uh, networking call uh, a couple months ago. And that's, that really is completely by accident, by chance. Oh, well, I just want to say something about that because I don't believe in accidents or by chance. Um, um, I believe in synchronicity. And so mm -hmm. when people use the word coincidence, I tell them coincidence is not happenstance. It's actually co, the prefix co, 
an mm-hmm. incident. It's actually two things coming together at the right time or they come together at that time. So it, it's almost like synergistic. So I don't think it was an accident. I don't think it just happened out of the clear blue sky. I'm not saying your condition happened out of the, you right. know, out of, no. was, was meant to be for that. But right. the fact that you had that and then discovered this is not um, just happenstance. It was meant to be. And you, I mean, I don't know how, how much the listeners think about, you know, callings or whatever, but it seems to me you were driven to this and this awakened a passion in you. And that was something on this call that uh, we talked about because obviously people know that my passion is about elder care, caring and treating older people. I come from the nursing home space after working in over 50 nursing homes. And I'm very passionate about that. And I said on that call, we could be bookends in terms of passion because you could be talking from your side and it it comes, just spews out of you. (laughs) And and once I get started, it kind of is the same thing. So I certainly can relate to having having that passion. Um, but so tell the listeners what TDOS, TDOS, which you call it, and uh, what that actually is. What is comprised? Right. Of that? <laughs> well, um, it's comprised really of four cofactors that, on their own, are really menacing or deadly enough. But what was, what was, and I had been talking in my lectures before I, I invented or discovered the TDOS syndrome, I'd been talking about these elements separately. So toxicity, meaning the herbicides and the pesticides in the air, the water, the food, carpet, shampoos, then deficiency, meaning deficiency of nutrition. And this is our biggest problem facing elder care, younger care. I don't care what it is. Our food today is calorically dense and nutritionally bankrupt. And as a result of that, it doesn't give the body the fuel to deal with the herbicides and the pesticides that are literally being stored inside our bodies, inside of fat cells. So deficiency is a huge part of this, which now this will sound crazy. What if I told you that deficiency is also a major contributing factor to being overweight or obese? Right, which is a major one of the major health crises in this. Well, country. I mean, I think it's. I think that obesity. I think it, since the dawn of time, we've never faced anything as daunting as obesity. You, you I mean, you got forty-two percent of America's seventy-five percent are overweight. Of the seventy-five percent, forty-two percent of those are obese. Worldwide, you got two point two billion people overweight. Something's horribly wrong here. So the toxicity is basically making us fat because you, if you can't get rid of these chemicals, the body continues to store in fat cells. And what are we doing in society? We're getting fatter and fatter and fatter. Makes perfect sense. But it's being driven by the deficiency in our food, which is causing overweight. And then the last factor is the S standing for stress because those three things drive our stress up. And we got enough stress today with whether it's COVID or work or environment, whatever it is, it's just, it's, it's completely out of control. And here's the thing, every living, breathing person in the world has the TDOS syndrome. It's not up for debate. And I'm so thrilled that the U.S. Patent Office granted me a registered trademark of this new medical condition we call TDOS syndrome. But it's really important that people understand that any strategy, I don't do organic, go to the farmer's market, work out six hours a day. I don't care whatever it is. You're absolutely living a less than lifestyle 
because unless you can, access, uh, uh, you can access the elements that used to be in food literally 100 million years ago, you're going to be, you're always, you're at about 15 or 20% of your potential. I right. think you've already begun to experience that yourself. Yeah. Once, you, once you took this on, it was like, wait a minute, this is crazy, <laughs> right? right? Let me just, let me just say <laughs> in the first, um, the first four days, and there is a specific regimen and um, it takes a little getting used to, I don't deny it, uh, right. like any other regimen. Uh, it did take a, a little while to get used to it, a few days. But by day four, I think I, I uh, said to you that it's funny. I, I, it's not funny, actually. I realized that a lot of the things I wanted to eat were really mental. Mm -hmm. they, they were mental crutches, cravings, whatever you want to call it. But it's interesting. I Even though I kind of knew that before, like, why am I eating this ice cream or I'm depressed, whatever. But I kind of was able to separate that. It was almost like my body was separate from that. And yes. I could feel my body detoxing. Um, it, it was the, the beginning is two days of eating and then there are two days of this specific detox regimen. And I could almost feel my body fe feeling different. And I said to you, it's almost like rehabilitating the inside, yeah. like inner body rehabilitation. 100%. Now, when you go to the gym, you're exercising, you're, you, you're rehabilitating, you know, it's muscle development, sure. and all this, but this is really rehabilitating your, your insides. And I feel, yes, I've lost uh, pounds. You know, I've, I've lost some excess weight, which I wanted to do. Um, but my insides feel different. Somehow I feel lighter, not because physically I feel lighter. I've probably lost about 12 or more pounds by now. But um, inside, somehow I feel lighter. So, I, I mean, I could personally attest to the fact of how this really feels. Um, and my clothes fit differently, of course. But um, I was saying to you before we started that, and I've said this many times over the years, whether it was McDonald's, well, I don't want whether it's McDuff fast food or whatever, whatever it is that that we kind of transport ill health around the world as Americans. And I, I do believe that part of the crisis. And I told you, I came up with this uh, this title. I don't know if it's a book or an article, <laughs> which is the American diet crisis, fats, fats, fried and oversized, because that's really part of the issue. Um But but in addition to that, like you say, it, our food is in nutritionally we're not getting the, the nutrition because Correct. our the food doesn't have the same nutritional value that it had years ago. You know, my son always said, who's a is a fitness professional, you can't burn chemicals. Right. And and so I'll give the audience three examples. Let's take an orange from 30 years ago, nutritionally, not calories, but nutritionally. You'd have to eat between six and eight oranges from 30 years ago, about a dozen apples, and a bowl of spinach from 1953 to today. Cornell University did a study. They estimate the nutritional value of spinach has decreased by 4,300%. I mean, so we're, see, here's the problem we're craving calories because that's all that's a bit. And see, a calorie doesn't, we can't, the body can't count calories, doesn't give a damn, damn about a calorie. <laughs> a calorie, I mean, it's like a calorie doesn't do anything to you. What's in the calorie is what does it. And I always say this, is your food doing something for you or is it do, doing something to us? And unfortunately, it's doing something to us, heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure. So what's happening, we're, we keep, we're, we're starving for more and more calories when all the body wanted 
was a little more nutrition. And that's what you're experiencing. That's why your cravings have changed. I mean, I, I was thinking about this last week. If we went back 100 million years ago when the dinosaurs walked the earth, whatever, however long ago that was, I mean, a brontosaurus, the thing weighed like 30 tons. It was like, you know, 100 feet long. It ate grass and leaves. <laughs> I mean, right now, I mean, my God, you put one of those, the thing would have to eat all the grass in Central Park in one day. Right, right. And right. then it still would be starving to death because it has nothing to do with calories. It has to do with what's inside the calorie. And that's where many people, especially aging people, they don't understand. They're just not getting what their body needs to sustain them. And it accelerates. We know this to be a fact. My, my friend, Dr. Bill Andrews, like you said, the, he's a geneticist and population genetics, one of the top longevity people in the world. That's what he's told me, that those four factors, toxicity, nutritional deficiency, being overweight and stress, speed up the aging process, along with the other stuff that's already going on. So it becomes so important that we have to figure out a way to change the dynamics. So instead of being sort of calorie intense, we need to be nutritionally intense. Does right. that make sense? Absolutely. And uh, before we go to a break, I just want to say, so as part of this regimen, there are these little snack uh, things that you have to eat. When I first um, <laughs> did it, I was like, what the heck is this? Like, right. <laughs> what is this going to do for me? You know, uh, everything. Two, two, two little snack things right. and five almonds or whatever it was that I was eating with it, um, some yogurt, whatever. I was like, Oh my God, it's almost like I'm not even hungry for the next meal. And you explained to me it's because the there's so much nutrition in these yes. two little snack tablets that my body, you know, w was functioning optimally because it had optimal nutrition. Correct. And when yep. I tell people about this, I tell them it's it's nutritionally dense, but Correct. but People don't really they don't understand that concept. But but we'll go to break right now and we'll come okay. back and continue this really lively discussion. And uh, so we'll be right back with Peter Greenlaw on Senior Straight Talk. Phyllis Amon, owner of Phyllis Amon Associates, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones and coaches them to become more effective advocates. Her expertise comes from working in over 45 nursing homes. Phyllis, known for her passion, empathy, high quality care standards, and quality life for older adults, is an experienced educator, speaker, and trainer. She's bridged the gap from healthcare to public and private sector businesses on topics from communication, caregiving, empathy, and novel approaches to team building and leadership. All of Community Services is a 501c3 that provides culturally appropriate services to seniors, their family, and the community. Through their interactive programs, Olive engages participants physically and mentally with a focus on building strength, mobility, and mental health. To learn more, get involved, or make a donation, visit olivecs.org. Together, let's live, learn, and thrive. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Senior Straight Talk with Phyllis Heyman. 
If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email the host at phyllis at seniorstraighttalk.com. Now back to Senior Straight Talk. Welcome back to Senior Straight Talk. I'm here with Peter Greenlaw, the researcher of researchers and the person who discovered the TDOS syndrome. And uh, this is just really a fantastic discussion, especially, I think, even more so because I've experienced this. And so I really wanted to bring it to listeners, not only because of how important I think it is, but also to be able to relate my experience with it. And I think that just enhances the whole conversation. So we were just talking, uh, Peter, before we came back about these little snack tablets. Right. Which you, you really do have to experience it. It's the most incredible. They're the size of a quarter. Right. And um, they're about, um, I don't know if it's a quarter of an inch thick or maybe. Yeah, about a quarter of an inch. Maybe. Yeah. And, um, and you eat two of those uh, for a snack <laughs> right. with maybe some, some almonds or yogurt or later on, maybe a hard-boiled egg, whatever it is. And um, you're like, oh, my God, this is more than enough for the, for the next meal. So you're not eating chips and, you know, actually, I have, no, I have little interest in any of those things anymore. Chocolate, I still have a huge interest in. Look, so these little, and I actually call them mini meals because that's what they are. They're about 30 calories. But it's like the equivalent of like a thousand or two thousand calories of food, because again, the only the way to satisfy the body is with nutrition, not with calories. Right. That's right, where right. everybody. That's where all the ads, all the, the the keto, the paleo, the Mediterranean, all the diets, all they are is about lowering calories, and they completely ignore the fact now you've got nutritionally bankrupt food and you're eating less of it. What do you <laughs> think your body's going to do? It's going to slow down, right? Because it doesn't have enough fuel. It's just such a simple concept. In theory, but try and execute it. Like, right. how do you get, how do you cram all that nutrition into that thing the size of a quarter? So how did they do that? So let me ask you, because there are also these shakes, which are very nutritionally dense and they're only made with water. I know there's a specific incubation period with all that, right. but it, I used to have this shake every morning with a vegan uh, protein. And I put blueberries and bananas and spinach or sometimes an avocado and blueberries, whatever. I'm making a shake with water, (laughs) with just water. And I'm like, okay, I'm good for two and a half, three hours. I mean, that makes it, you know, it's almost like a non sequitur, like cognitive dissonance in a way. Right. Right. Well, the, the, I mean, the basic theory behind it, whether that was the intention initially, was that let's start with everything that should be in food. And this is what these, this is what these scientists have taught me. There's a specific, let's call them elements. You could call them ingredients, like in a recipe, okay? And, but here's the concept that, that I didn't get, and then I realized it's not what we eat or drink. It's what we absorb. And right. if, those nutrients, if those nutrients aren't there, well, you can't absorb them. One of the biggest things we're deficient in are minerals. And people have heard of iron and calcium, magnesium, but there's actually 70 that we need, 70. Things like gold, silver, and zinc, and and chromium, and and beryllium, and boron, this huge long list of these elements. In the best organic food, you're getting 15 out of 70. So how in the world would you maximize your quality of life potential? And the man that invented it is the father of minerals. He got the first patent on the consumption of minerals and sold them for years. But most of the companies that he would formulate for, they didn't want to pay 15, that's enough. But we need 70. Why would I settle for 15? 
So in that little snack are all 70 minerals. That thing is like the atomic energy of nutrition. (laughs) I mean, really, that's, you know it, you've already experienced it. Absolutely. It's not just hearing you talk about it. I have experienced it and I'm, and I'm talking about it. From right. my well, experience, well, which is the here, best way, I think, for people to learn about right. it. So, so let me give you a new term that I was taught by one of the world's, one of my colleagues is the top, probably top nutritional researcher in the world for the last 35 years. And he said, listen, Peter, 90% of the people in North America are suffering from a condition called metabolic inflexibility. I'm going, what in the heck is that? <laughs> what it means is that what we're doing back to this cal- this empty calorie thing we're relying on sugar and simple carbohydrates for energy. Right. The problem is that you burn through that and now that's what you're going to crave again. What you want to do, you want to create metabolic flexibility, which is real simple. It just means instead of burning sugar and, and carbs, you're burning fat. And to give you an illustration, the body only stores about 2,000 calories in sugar and simple carbs about a day's worth, right? You can see how that works, right? Right. But in fat, I was taught, we store 100,000 calories in fat. So what do you think our bodies were supposed to do? But we never get there. So right. people go to the gym and then they reward themselves by going and have a bagel. No, no. <laughs> Don't say, I mean, that's what they do, right? No, it's, it's interesting you say uh, brought up about going to the gym because I told you this during our last conversation. So I had been working out for two and a half years four or five times a week. Mm-hmm. I and not only working out with a trainer, I had taken up ballroom dancing about six years ago. And um, so <clears throat> that was one of the reasons I actually started working out. And then it, you know, increased because I was competing and uh, right. doing some performing and I really wanted to get in great shape. Um, but then I don't know what happened two and a half years ago. It doesn't matter. Um, no, it wasn't two and a half. I had been working out for two and a half years. So maybe it's about a year and a half ago. And then after a period of time, then COVID started. And then, of course, that was that I don't even have to say anything else about that. Uh, but before all, uh, I'd say a couple of months ago and when I started this, I had told you I was traveling and I, right. I started going to a gym because I was committed to getting back to a gym. It was the week before I started this. Sure. And I told you that after about three weeks um, now, I haven't been going still four or five times a week as I was before. I'm not really back on a regular schedule, but I found that, and certainly after a year and a half, I don't have the kind of muscle memory where my muscles are going to start to bounce back to shape. And in, I'd say three weeks or three and a half weeks, I am already at the point where I was with some of my regimen in lifting the weights that I was doing. And I'm like, this could not have happened without this regimen. That's my belief system. I could be wrong. No, but that's you're, my mil- you're mil- because the key to a workout is the recovery, right. not the workout itself. It's how do you recover from the workout? Because, you know, you know that I work with professional athletes and marathoners and, you know, people. And, and here's the thing. Let's, let's talk to the, our elderly listeners right now. What's the biggest fear or one, one of the biggest fears of an elderly person falling down, breaking their hip? which can be fatal. That is uh, the major problem with that, that instability, it's not mental, it's the physical deterioration of their muscles in a disease called sarcopenia, which we all suffer from starting at age 25, where we lose 1% of our lean muscle mass every single year. Right. And I've seen elderly people that went on this regimen and literally within just 
maybe a week or two or three weeks at the most, all of a sudden, they, they couldn't believe it. They were stable again, you know, and we also know that sarcopenia is, a, is an underlying, at least a cofactor in dementia, not, all, not, aut- not all, Alzheimer's, but in dementia. Correct. And yet, if you can, it, I mean, the body is so simple, and yet it's the most complex machine in the world because it's a machine. Right. So, I, I mean, mean it's, it's like your car. Right. Okay. I, but that's my analogy. You took my analogy. Oh, I'm Peter. sorry. Well, you finished. You finished. It's okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to steal your thunder. <laughs> no, but that's okay. But I've said it so many times. I've been talking to people about that for, year, that the, the, for years, that the body is a closed system similar to a yeah. car. So yeah. you, 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 could, you could take it away, Peter. But that, yeah, that's my thing, that the body well, is like and, a car. And, and if you have and, 40, a car with 40,000 or 60,000 yeah. or 80,000, yeah. things start to uh, go wrong. Right. They break down. It's overuse, whatever. You, go ahead with the analogy. Well, but the point is that the body is capable of amazing repair. For example, we remake the lining of our stomach twice a month. We remake our livers twice a year. And we remake almost every cell in the body once every seven years. Now, you can make a choice. Nothing against them, but you can either remake it with Lay's potato chips or you can <laughs> remake it with nutrition. You know, it's, that's up to you. But again, uh, and I, you, if you remember early on, I even told you with all due respect, I said, Phyllis, you have no idea how bad you feel until you realize how good you could feel because you've never experienced nutritional density before because it's not possible. I mean, you're going to eat eight oranges and 12 apples and 40 bowls of spinach? Really? (laughs) Let me know how that turns out as you weigh about 700 pounds. But you see, there's the example. That's exactly what's happening. Because that food is nutritionally bankrupt, we continue to eat. My God, we've got, we have over 2 million people in this country now that weigh over 500 pounds. Listen, what's I mean, is it just me or is this like insanity? Listen, crazy. Many years ago, I uh, worked in a nursing home in the very early 2000s and uh, it was taken over by a company and they had this idea that they wanted to have a bariatric unit. Mm -hmm. So they started taking these morbidly obese people. Mm-hmm. I had never seen any really I had I don't remember up to that point right. ever seeing anything like that. Yeah. And um, there are many places you but the more uh, nursing homes I go to, they don't necessarily have a dedicated program for bariatric people, but they are all having more and more residents admitted that are of that size. Right. 300, 400, 500, 600. Right. I've seen it. I've seen it all. And it's, it's mind boggling. Yeah. It's really sad. And, and what's their alternative to go on diets? Well, shameless plug for me. My first book, as you mentioned it, why diets are failing us. I wrote it 11 years ago. It's more pertinent today than ever. Cause I, I said, the enemy is not calories. Wake up. The enemy is toxins right. and the enemy is nutritional deficiency. So we continue to eat and eat and eat. And again, especially in the elderly population, my goodness, you know, they've had a, they've had a lifetime of deficiency, which speeds up the, the, ter- the deterioration in all of us. And yet the body, I mean, if we're remaking ourselves once every seven years, well, can you imagine if you start remaking yourselves with everything that used to be in food from 100 million years ago? You're probably going to work better. You're probably going to have less pain. You're going to have more stability, mental clarity, less stress, sleeping better at night, all the things you're already experiencing. Right. And I find myself having more energy, more focus, uh, definitely. And there's well, no doubt and, about and, it. 
And you've even said to yourself, you can't believe like your face, how chiseled your face is now in just a a matter of, well, no, but in a matter of a few weeks. Right. But again, I can't explain this to people. They have to experience it because there's, I I say this, you know, and I think we said that before we got on the show, I said, you know what, the epiphany I've come to, this is the only alternative. Right. Because, and this has been proven in five peer-reviewed clinical studies. Right. No diet has ever been screwed. They they don't work. They just don't, they can't work because think about it. You're asking your body, okay, they lower the calories. That sounds great on the surface, but they completely ignored the fact that the food was already nutritionally bankrupt and now you get less of it. What do you think your body's going to do? It's going to slow down your metabolism. And that's exactly what the science proves on diets. It's not up for debate. Right. The reason you have so much energy is not because you were consuming more calories. You're consuming, that's crazy. You're consuming less calories and more energy. How does that work? Absolutely. And in the beginning, I have to say, uh, well, the first few, the first five days, it's a, it's a, it's a, it takes getting used. You learn. I have You're to learning. be honest. Yeah. And I don't, um, I don't tell anybody anything different. No. I'm not saying like, oh, this is the easiest. No, that's not true in the first five or six or seven days. But after that, you kind of get into a little bit of a routine. And then, right. of course, your, your eating uh, patterns are incre- changed Change, or whatever, yep. allowances or whatever. And um, I, I think maybe I had, and I think I told you this in our first conversation and maybe even on that networking call. I had some elective surgery, cosmetic surgery many years ago. Mm-hmm. And this doctor, pretty incredible guy, gave me a list of foods that I could not eat for two weeks because they contribute to inflammation yep. as well as blood thinning. Right. When I went to my doctor for the clearance for the surgery, And I showed this to him. He said, well, what can you eat? But it was from that time that I realized the contribution that all these foods that we eat that we don't even realize contribute to inflammation, thinning of the blood, and and all of that. And the interesting thing about that is I really adhered to that that regimen, I'll say, I don't want to call it a diet, that, that those specifications of food that I could have and not have to the letter of the law. Right. And he had, he said, <clears throat> he had never seen anybody heal the way I did as quickly as I did. And the only, the only thing we could point to is the fact that I adhered to that regimen, to the letter of the law. I mean, to the, to really the letter mm-hmm. of the law. So I kind of had a sense of what that's about. And um, yeah, so I find that uh, I told you there were days I, I, gee, I have to have this shake at night. I'm right. not even hungry. Right. <laughs> right. Well, you never experienced anything like this. And, 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 and but, it, but it, it really comes down to the fact that when you realize that the body is capable, proven scientifically now, to get rid of the toxins and lower inflammation, that's why the minor sort of aches and pains and discomfort, they go away. Because you're literally the the source. Now, you know, you said something really interesting. Let me follow up on this. Do you know when you eat processed food, it causes an immune system response in the body? Because the the body has never seen. See, the body has an inventory. Oh, this is good. This is bad. So it's always sorting out bacteria, viruses, you know, whatever. 
But when it when you introduce a chemical to it, that's why it takes the chemicals, the herbicides and the pesticides, and store them in fat cells because it doesn't know what else to do with them because the immune right. system can't deal with it. Right. But now you ingest a processed food with all these chemicals, and the, you literally so now you're taking your immune system, you're taking some of your soldiers that are guarding against the bacteria, the viruses, the fungi, the cancer cells, etc. And now they're going out and they're 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 attacking processed food. That's right. how nuts is. That's how crazy this is. And, and why do we process for shelf life? I always say the farther we got away from the dirt, the sicker we became. Correct. Absolutely. And I, I think I share this with you. In 1930, about or prior to that, heart attacks were almost unheard of. As a matter of fact, I think it was 1930 about there were like 3000 heart attack deaths in the United States. This year, there'll be a million. And the population's doubled. Right. And guess what do we introduce in the 1930s? Processed food, Betty Crocker. And you can look at the curve of disease. It absolutely parallels the introduction of these processed foods. What did they introduce? More calories, cheap calories. Oh, you can fill up on this. No, you're eating air and you're asking your body to perform. It can't. It just it's not it's an impossibility. And and like I said about fat fried and oversized, mm-hmm. that it contributed to the this whole way of thinking. I mean, America is about oversized, bigger cars, yep, bigger, yep, bigger yep. trucks, bigger this and um, and um, all you can eat a buffet. The Whopper, the, the Whopper, the, the, the a big gulp. The, the, you, really need a, you really need a 44 ounce soda. I mean, what the hell? Pardon my French. <laughs> I agree. And, um, you know, I, w- I was telling you a story. I was covering at a nursing home several weeks ago, upstate New York someplace. It doesn't matter where. Right. And um, <laughs> I went, um, I-, I was unfamiliar with the area. So I was looking for someplace to get something to eat that first evening. And, um I pulled into a place that the title seemed, the name of the place seemed interesting. And I get out and there's a woman next to me in a car eating. And I ask her if this place is great. And she tells me that they drive from another city, which is about an hour and a half away to come to this place. I was like, wow. Okay. You know, you're looking for recommendation. (laughs) I go in. I told you, right. I mean, and every, except for the person who was taking my order, the young gal, Everybody was at least 30 pounds, had 30 pounds more than they needed on their body. I'll just say it that way. And it was all these, you know, footlongs with all these toppings, fried bologna sandwiches. I was like, fried bologna sandwich. And I stood there at, you know, some of the things like mentally, some of those things. And I hadn't even started this yet. Right. But mentally, I haven't eaten things like that in so many years. And mentally, I kept looking at this menu and looking at these people walk by with these trays. And I was I stood there for like 15 minutes. And the gal thought I was crazy. Like, why can't you decide? And there was a line, you know, out the door. I finally said, I can't eat any of this. Right. This is this is this is not something mentally I could wrap my head around. But look at all the people that did wrap their head around that. So before we close, I want to cover a really important point for people. Okay. See, food, it only has one job, and that job is to carry genetic information to our genes. That's it. That, that's the only role food has. So, again, it's sort of like a computer. 
I mean, would you really go down to Best Buy and buy viruses for your computer? But yet we go to the supermarket and we literally, we're we're buying this stuff that just does really horrible. You're temporarily full. Maybe there's a pleasure sensation, you know, et cetera. But then we look around at diabetes and high blood pressure and cancer and strokes and all the things that are happening. And we kind of go like, hmm, I wonder if there's a correlation here. Of course there is. Right. So I, I think that's an important point that sort of in summary, it's a simple principle, but very difficult to pull off. And that is, okay, like you said, in that little snack, how did they fit all of that nutrition into that little snack? Well, that's why there are geniuses in nutraceutical chemistry that can do that. Right. And if you meet the criteria that these experts have laid out for me, and we found fulfillment companies that meet those requirements why wouldn't I want to put that in my body every single day? And, and it doesn't mean that I don't eat regular food. Of course I do. Right. But I eat way less. Do I still like pizza? Yes. But instead of having five slices, I have two. Right. And not because I'm on a diet, because I'm satisfied. Right. Exactly. Because you're getting so much nutrition from all these other things. Exactly. It's just that you like that food, whether it's psychologically that you like it or you want that taste in your mouth. Sometimes I just want something crunchy. Cool. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It, it could be a variety of things. Like one day I had um, half of a muffin, uh-huh. a muffin that I used to love. Love, right. I didn't even tell this to you. Right. And um, I was like, oh, my God, why did I even like these? Mm-hmm. I don't even really get it. It was saccharine sweet. I was like, oh, I mean, but I, you, I, you know, but your, your taste, your, your cravings correct. really do. They really do change because when you satisfy the body nutritionally, not calorically, because it's crazy to count calories. It's stupid, right? And, and so what I'm saying is that it's like, I want to share this gift of this knowledge, not my knowledge. That's why, again, the research of the research is, you know, sort of in closing. But the point is that especially, you know, the aging population, if they just even did a fraction of what you did, they would be so much better off. It's not a commercial. It's a fact. Right. Correct. Because there's, there's no food they can buy that gives them, for example, all 70 minerals, at least that I'm aware of. Okay? Right. And I've been doing this for 18 years. And when you do that, is it a shock that you feel better, that you have more energy, that you have less stress, that your workouts are better, you sleep better at night, mental cognition, all those things change. And I believe also are sort of our outlook for the future, our outlook for life. I mean, who wants to wake up? You know better than I do. And you see the sadness in the, in the nursing homes. They're in their 80s and they're in a wheelchair. They can't walk across the room. Correct. What? I mean, that's so sad. And I'm not saying that this, I'm not, you know, there's no cures here. But it, it, the last thing I'll say, it just comes down to one principle, nutritional density. That's, that's, that's the underlying, that's the underlying premise here. Well, it's interesting that you say that because in closing, and you talk about nursing homes, because that's one of the things that really bothers me because because of uh, costs or or other considerations, the food that people are consume in nursing homes is probably some of the most nutritionally bankrupt foods that are offered to people. And here are, are people we're supposed to be caring for in some place, in some cases, rehabilitating. Right. Um, but we're supposed to be, uh, they're supposed to be in, in an environment where they're 
their health and well-being is being cared for, but but they're not provided the nutrition in order to do that. But before we uh, end, I want you to provide any kind of um, any kind of um, contact information or anything that um, that you can provide to the listeners. Yeah, if they want, if they want, uh, this still sounds like a strange uh, website, but they can go to R, the the letter R, the number two, the physical number two. M fire fire.com okay. which basically stands for firing the body up to do what it's intended to do so r2mfire.com that's the place where they can go to get more information if they want to and i would just say this that look it's now you're it's like now you know the listener i'm talking to the listeners now now you know what are you going to do about it Right. Are you going to just continue down the path you're on now and living this less than lifestyle that I call it? Or would you rather go and maybe up your game two, three, four, five hundred percent? It's it's that simple. And and what, what they've done, the food manufacturers, why do they use sugar and simple carbohydrates instead of nutrition? Because it's much cheaper. Right. And that's the food they're supplying to the nursing home. It's cheap. There's no nutrition. Nutrition is more expensive. It, that only makes logical sense. Well, that's true. Right. Uh, the, the other thing I was going to say is that, um, gee, I, I think I just lost my thought about that. But um, yeah, we're just, we're just not getting the food that we need. Correct. And oh, I know what I was going to say. You know, there are so many commercials now, and I'm not saying anything about prescription medication, whether it's good or bad. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying people shouldn't take it. I'm not saying any of that, but I'm watching all these commercials lately about with people who are saying they're taking this, that, or the other thing for improved focus, mental clarity, ability to work. And I'm thinking, gee, I have that and I'm not taking anything, but (laughs) whatever, whatever. But thanks so much, Peter, for generously sharing your time with me today. <laughs> well, thank, thank you. It's, it's just, it's a pleasure. And it's, you know, it's my passion. It's my life's purpose is to share this knowledge with the world. Again, not my knowledge, but that's why, again, right. the researcher of the researchers. We started with that, we'll end with that, but I want people to get that. I read the 500 books, Phyllis, so you didn't have to, okay? <laughs> exactly. I mean, the every conversation we have is so, it's enjoyable, it's enlightening. You're always providing me with invaluable information, and I'm sure the listeners got that today, so I'm really thrilled. Uh, in the closing, please join me on the next episode of Senior Straight Talk for more informative conversations for the senior years of our lives. I'm Phyllis Amon signing off. Please remember to like, click, and share the episodes, and until next time, Stay safe, stay well, and stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Senior Straight Talk. Join your host, Phyllis Amon, again soon for another episode on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or your favorite podcast platforms. 